Hello. Hello. How do you... What is... What is one of this? I don't know. I mean, uh, I think it's the Thinking Aloud podcast with Professor Laurie Taylor. Excellent. I love him. I'm yes. glad he's still alive. I don't know. He might be like 12 for all I know. but No, he looks quite old, but he wears jeans. He's one of those. Oh, dear. Mm. But I do like him. Yes, he's got a comforting presence, doesn't he? Very much so. So, John... Heaven, why high, ha- heaven high, Nicholas. Uh, heaven high, Jonathan. Can you tell me why we haven't recorded one of these in 8,762,648 years and 17 and a half days? Well, I believe it's because you went to New York. I don't think that's all there is to it, because I did promise you that I would record one with you in New York if you made yourself available and you didn't and this led to <laughs> no 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 you no you say jokey and i'm being snarky but no, actually you there mean, was a realization you were, you were in new york how was i support i you know i'm free working during the day you no. could have made arrangements no. any point when you're in new york but conveniently no. you didn't no no we came to a realization that unless i prod you you basically wouldn't take a breath you would just lie there and then suffocate mm-hmm. um so uh, I, I was annoyed while that was an implicit requirement. But now that it's an explicit requirement that unless I specifically tell you that we need to record, you probably never would. So now that that's explicit, that's fine. Can you also stop throwing marbles all over your desk and playing tent and bowling in your office? <laughs> I, was, I was moving a piece of paper. Well, throwing marbles and playing tent and bowling on that piece of paper is not helpful while you're moving it. What's the topic? The topic... Oh, I've got, I've got the wrong screen up. Hang on. The topic you, you're is... You're so senile, you need a screen with your topic. Like likes of Clive Ball on LBC. Here are the <laughs> topics on my special proprietary uh, phone-in program <laughs> register right. list running in a DOS window. <laughs> so my, the topic for this, for one rum doing is 129, mm-hmm. is on March 11th last year, it was so hot we had a barbecue. Today, mm. four inches of snow. So much for global warming. I agree. That's a, tweet. That's a tweet that I saw today. Excellent. Well, Robert Morgan was cross with you for retweeting. He still is cross with me. Mm. I do see his point because I don't necessarily think that that is a pseudo-scientific or anti-science tweet. I think it might be a little bit more knowing than that. No, I think you're wrong. I think if you if you search Twitter for so much for global warming... You just—it's—it's it's an implicit undermining of credible science. Although um, I do know that we were supposed to be getting an ice age, we're in the ice age interregnum. So there is a genuine debate in science now whether global warming has saved us from the next ice age. So maybe maybe we will be bowing down and praying to global warming in the next uh, few millennia. Who knows? Well, I do remember in the eighties being promised an ice age in a few hundred thousand years and being well, worried we, about that. Well, we are promised an ice age and we yes. need an ice age, but uh, the question at the moment is whether global warming has circumvented that ice age. So, global you know, climate change, not global warming. Come on. I know you're you're just you're you're just hedging your bets, aren't you, Mister Scientist? <laughs> oh, talk, talk, talking about bad science. Yes. Um, you remember the uh, all all cured meats will kill you thing that came out a couple <laughs> yes. of days ago? Yes, um, I do. Um, unlike most of you unwashed masses, I actually go and read the study when I see these hysterical headlines. And do you want to know two interesting things about the study? I can uh, spoil them or I can pretend, play, pretend. pretend ignorance. Yes, Nick, what are the two interesting things about the study? Well, the first thing is it is an observational study 
Uh, and the second thing is, it's an observational study that didn't control for sugar starch or any other processed <laughs> carbohydrate at all. Now, when one has hot dogs and bacon and all that sort of stuff, there is usually them, something that's associated with I always have them neat. You usually just take them out of the fridge and yeah. just gobble them all down. When I go to a hot dog vendor, I say, no, no, just the sausage, please, and then yeah. hold up my palm. No, no, no bun, no ketchup, just the sausage. And no, certainly, certainly... No chips with those. Uh, but what's interesting is, I mean, you you can anybody here can do it for yourself. Go and find the PDF of the study. You'll you'll find links to it eventually if you search, and then do a Control F on the PDF and type sugar, type sucrose, type carbohydrate, type starch. You'll get no, no nothing will be found. Um, you'll find that they've tried to correct for cigarette smoking and that kind of thing, but not <laughs> but not for not uh, not for these other issues. And what's also interesting about this is that the um, the way they try to blame cured meats is they say it's probably sodium nitrate or sodium nitrite, which is used uh, as a preservative in these meats. A, this, this preservative has been used since before Roman times, uh, saltpeter and celery salt and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and B... Um, there's more, there are more nitrates in broccoli and substantially more nitrates in your own spit than in these meats. So they need to find another uh, mechanism. Uh, <laughs> uh, but so that's the sort of thing we're dealing with. Now, of course, it can just sound, you know, because I tend to bat on meats side. I quite like meat. So it sounds like I'm being um, prosecution case here. But actually, there is an important point to be made about bad epidemiological or observational studies. And that is, when you want to get a message from science that actually leads you down a proper path, um, you would do a randomized control trial. And I don't think we need to explain to people what a randomized control trial is in any depth, except to say that you actually know what you're testing for, so, and you, then you split two, split two publica- populations out randomly before you do the test, and then you're only testing for that variable. You can't run the test backwards and try and randomize a population that hasn't already been randomized, because um, you're going to have confounding results and you know this sounds like a kind of very theoretical problem and it sounds like people who are whining just about the purity of science but it has real world implications and i might have mentioned them before but it's always worth bearing in mind when you hear these hysterical headlines um a few Mm. years and i think i might have mentioned this before but it is worth mentioning again a few years ago there was a very very big observational study on uh, nurses and they looked at nurses and their general health over 10 or 20 years and they tried to record everything these nurses did, you know, how much food they ate, where, how often they went to hospital, what medications they took, how fat they were, how many heart attacks they had, how many strokes they had. And mathematicians studied this data, just like mathematicians studied this meat data. And the mathematicians and scientists came to the conclusion that those nurses who took hormone replacement therapy were much less likely to have heart attacks through their menopause and beyond. Hooray, good news. Hormone replacement therapy causes fewer heart attacks and therefore is a heart protector. So for about a decade, if you remember, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of women were prescribed hormone replacement therapy willy nilly Mm -hmm. when they went into menopause. The sad news was that in the real world, women who were prescribed HRT were far more likely to have heart attacks. So what was going on here? The issue was there was the, uh, the, the, the healthy actor effect in that those nurses who had learnt about hormone replacement therapy were more likely to be interested in their own health, 
were more likely to be invested in their own health, were more likely to eat well, were more likely to exercise well, were less likely to smoke. And therefore, even though the HRT may have been doing them some damage, sadly for all those women who came after them, it didn't do them enough damage to cancel out the health signal. And of course, the mathematicians didn't follow the correlation isn't causation maxim and decided that HRT caused their health rather than being associated with someone who already was healthy. Wow. And because of this, thousands and thousands of women died. So, you know, this isn't just some nice debating point. We always need to be excruciatingly careful when anybody says is associated with or is linked with, your alarm bells need to go off, especially if it becomes a Daily Mail headline the next day. So that's my sermon for the day. How have you been, John? You know, I was listening to uh, You and Yours last week because mm-hmm. um, I think it's important to self-harm sometimes. Yes, of course. It's um, called, actually, it is important. It's called hormesis. It's like having a cold shower. Your body learns to adapt to the harm and then you become stronger. Okay. Mm. So um, the uh, Daily Mail in human form, Winifred Robinson was presenting. Well, I mean, listen to her name, Winifred Robinson. Of course she is. She's Oh, my goodness. Just Winifred. I know, but to start with, but I'm mean, sure there's some lovely Winifreds. Winnie from the Wonder Years, for instance. Oh yes, I remember her, but I, I, I didn't like her. I thought she was a bit nasty. Well, she was a she was a complex character, but in real mm. life, she's now a super genius mathematician. Oh really, a lady yeah. mathematician? Good. Let's hope she doesn't confound her variables. <laughs> so anyway, um, and she was. They were talking about Coca Cola's two minute advert they had saying how Coke's full of calories, so you have to be careful. mm Hmm. Uh, she interviews a an expert, a, a, um, an expert in weight loss and um, uh, obesity, a proper a proper scientist type, mm-hmm. who unfortunately doesn't seem didn't seem very clued in and didn't mention anything whatsoever, mm. contradicting the clip they played of uh, calories in, calories out that yes. Coca Cola was saying. Well, of course, but we are just bomb calorimeters. We're not exactly complicated. We just we, we put the food inside our tummies, yep, and we, yep. then we throw a match down there, yep. and then it, then it, it heats up our boiler and go choo choo, and that's how we work. <laughs> so they then, according she to then Coke, had, she then had the British super duper boss of Coca Cola on, mm. and of course, being Winifred Robinson, she asked no useful questions whatsoever. No, of course not. And it was absolutely abysmal interview. But at one yes. point during this interview, he said the words sugar. She, oh no, I should say he preceded this by even the British uh, Diabetic Association or whatever they might be called agree that sugar doesn't cause diabetes. Right. He announced that you know, sugar doesn't cause diabetes. He mm. then added, it's about whether you burn off that sugar or not that causes the diabetes. Mm. Yes, of course. Well, and I wonder what. That's and I wonder what, what nonsense. Yes, but also I wonder what might help you burn or store your various calories. Is there an? Is there a? Um, a hormone that diabetics might know about, say insulin, <laughs> exactly that, that stops you from burning off the sugar. Um, and I wonder what causes the insulin spike. Oh, it's 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 um, interalia sugar. Ooh, yeah. So, so, you for, say, so of course, if you had if you had a decent interviewer, that would have been grade one stuff. But of exactly. course, Winifred Robinson just simply died. I imagine. But what made me even more annoyed by this, even if even though he's factually incorrect, even though it's insulin yeah. that causes the diabetes, yeah. not the sugar, and not yeah. the burning off the sugar. Even if that were the case, saying sugar doesn't cause diabetes, it's whether you burn it off or not, is a mm. bit like saying poison doesn't cause death, it's whether you spit it out or not. 
Well, quite. Um, and what's more interesting is that the various sugar industries have fought very hard over the last couple of decades. Gary Taubes did a very, very um, long uh, history of this in, I can't remember which magazine it was recently, where they actually looked and saw that the various sugar industries were basically doing exactly what the tobacco industries were doing in the 50s and 60s to try and um, uh, hide this particular link. But recent studies have really kind of made it very clear that you there is something very specific about sugar, not just about um, refined carbs in general that causes problems with diabetes. And, and people like Dr. Robert Lustig, um, who, uh, who is an endocrinologist who wrote the very good book called Fat Chance, The Bitter Truth About Sugar, goes in great detail about this. It's, it's, the problem is it's the combination of the glucose and the fructose together, which is, of course, what the sugar molecule is that makes it particularly problematic because the fructose makes you insulin insensitive and the glucose then gets stored by the increased insulin. So it's like um, if you just ate uh, fructose or you just ate uh, glucose, it would be a very different thing. So sadly, um, Mr. Coca-Cola is living on borrowed time on his old-fashioned bad science bought by the various companies for which he's a shill. But no doubt, again, Winifred Robinson didn't notice this, I assume. No, not, of, course, of course not. Fortunately... There's help to be found mm-hmm. in the form of pucker bath. Something I think that came through the door. Pucker. Pucker bath. What's that? Um, it came through the door, and Laura said it's hilarious, but I haven't looked at it until now. Mm. I thought I'd grab it just in case. It just says, in case. It says bath, a superb, superb area offering a wealth of natural resources through which the years have brought forth an extensive range of trades and businesses. Springs, hot and cold, running water, the river, bathstone, fuller's earth, clay and coal. The arrival of the river is <laughs> on a great length. Um, but then the first thing is reduce your body age in just two, 12 weeks. Reduce your body age? Your body age. Hello. And so she says, there's a, there's a smiling lady and she says, my name is Hiba Al-Zuhair. And uh, all I needed to do was smear myself in bath mud and my telomere suddenly she's increased an M, length. She's an M-Phil in nutrition, physical activity and public health. Uh-huh. She says, my aim is to help members of our community to live healthier and happier lives. Do you know your body age, Nick? Um, my body is the age of the universe. Is it? Well, surely everybody's is. I suppose the atoms could yes. well be. The yes. energy, at least, is. Yes. Do you know what is affecting it? The second law of thermodynamics. Join that 12-week challenge, uh-huh. turn back time, and look and feel younger. Well, I'm sure you could feel younger and look younger, but that's, she's making an existential claim there. <laughs> Take the first step to fight body ageing and lose weight. But here's, here's a philosophical problem. Um, mm-hmm. Let us assume that whatever treatment she offered reduced cell damage, increased the length of your telomeres, and when anybody looked at your body, um, they assumed that it was the body of somebody who was 10 years younger than it was before the treatment started. Would you say she had succeeded in reducing your body's age? No, I don't think. Unless I was Benjamin Button, I don't think I would. I were. But don't, if, if, you could, if you could get a treatment which basically reversed all the free radical damage and so on, that increased the length of your telomeres and did mm-hmm. all those sorts of things, so that people could literally not see the difference between your body now and the way it was 10 years ago, would that be decreasing the body's age or would that be changing the body as if it had been decreased by that age? Because well, you've yes, got a exactly. philosophical problem here because if age, if, if the only way we define age is by the effects on the body, then maybe she's, she would be correct if she were theoretically able to do what she says she can do, which she can't. 
She will work on our, on my uh, metabolic age, reflecting my physical health, mm-hmm. by developing tailor-made nutrition and fitness plans that are suited to my specific needs and my individual goals. Mm. I'm sure so she will. Good. She'll tell you to eat your healthy whole grains, cut out your sugar, and go go on a run. Uh, and probably get some sort of coffee enema. They usually like coffee enemas, don't they? <laughs> I would imagine so, because that's a good way to get you hooked. Yes, well, apparently it does. It's no, no, I have a, I've, 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 very sadly, I have a friend whose mum has, has many cancers all over her, and she's been conned by one of these people into coffee enemas. So she, um, every morning she does a, does a coffee enema. When she misses it out, she feels horrendous because she's no longer taking caffeine directly through the yes. uh, anus. Yes. And therefore thinks that it's making her feel better. Thinks She thinks that's how she would have felt without it. That doesn't matter. It, I, she, I, don't, I don't know how strong or how severe her cancers are, but very, it, very. She's okay, very in that case, in that case, does it matter? Yeah, well, yes, because this has been for about five years now. Mm. I think it's 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 humiliating and mocking someone for, and you know, this is the guy who's doing this is is telling her not to take chemo and stuff like that. So, oh right, well, yes, yeah, quite. Well, then I suppose it does. Oh, uh, uh, talking talking about um, addictions. You know what I'm addicted to these days? I'm addicted to oxygen. No, I don't like oxygen. It damages no. you. Wirt's good qualität aus Sachsen. It's Essig essence, which I got out of a shop near um, a, a sort of German goods shop near uh, London Bridge, and it's called Essig essence, and uh, it is very, very strong ethanoic or acetic acid, i.e., you know, the, the essence of vinegar. And on it, it's it's uh, it says. 25% Säure, I 25% acid, and then it says, Vorsicht, nicht unverdünnt genießen. In other words, don't in, do not enjoy undiluted. And you know what I do? Oh, Nick. I enjoy it undiluted. I put drops all over my chicken and salads and so on. Oh. And you get this burning sensation. I am, jo- I, I'm coming out now, John. I am a sour addict. I love I love sour flavors, and the, uh, I, it's getting to the case where normal vinegar just doesn't cut it for me anymore. I need sour. You're and in sour. trouble, Nick. You're in trouble. I am in trouble. It's like you know when you used to be able to have those fantastic sherbetty things. Not that I would have them anymore, but when I last had them, you know, those 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 chewy sweets. Nah, barely register them. <laughs> There's special clinics for people like you. So anybody who shares my predilections, I would look up online Essig Essence, E-S-S-I-G dash E-S-S-E-N-Z. Sprinkle that on your nuts and you'll have a great time. Would you like to build your child's self-esteem? Yeah, um, I don't know. What uh, does a three-year-old have self-esteem? I suppose she does. Choir School, spelled C-H-O-I-R-S-K-O-O-L. Really? Is a singing project for children aged six to sixteen. Oh, well, every she's Tuesday too young. evening. Uh-huh. Um, singing in a choir boosts confidence, and at choir school, we do not audition new members. The children are encouraged to sing and, ma- and enjoy making new friends. Membership includes one-to-one lesson each month with our choir school leader. Isn't that nice? It is nice, but unless you're in the sort of choir which just doesn't sound like where if you if you sing badly, you're told to go to leave and stop singing and stop making a noise apparently my mother was told at like the age of four or something she was singing oh. and they just told her to stop singing because she was out of tune and since oh, then no. she's since since then she's had no um confidence about singing in public or anything that was it it was that she still remembers the moment uh, talking of judith um do you, did you know that she 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 has a little brother no she doesn't she does she says she keeps going on about it. she says my little brother told me that this and my little brother bought me a present and my little brother's oh, wow. watching television and 
Do you know two interesting facts about her little brother? Um, a, her little brother is apparently 26 years old. <laughs> yes. And B, her little brother is always referred to with the pronoun she. Oh. Yes. So her little brother wants to be referred to as a female and is substantially older than she is. Very complicated lifestyle. <laughs> yes. Uh, her little brother is constantly asking for new presents and things as well. Um, well her, little bro- her little brother will become annoyed if we don't buy her those presents and so forth. But there you go. I want you to take the pucker bath quiz. Okay, go on then. Okay, question one is, where is this bridge? I don't think that's a particularly fair one because it doesn't I, lie on a picture. I think that bridge is near the railway station. Close. It's behind the Dolphin Public House in Newbridge. Yeah. Uh, number two, when March comes like a lion, it goes out like a... Yeah, March go, comes out like a... Comes in like a lion and goes out like a... It comes in like a lion and goes out like a disgraced 70s telepedo. That's correct. Uh-huh, number three, in Bath, which famous run is to, is to be held on the 3rd of March 2013? Um, cannonball run. It's the Bath Half Marathon in which they close down the Lower Bristol Road, thus making it absolutely impossible to get from one side of the bar- of Bath to the other. No, it doesn't. You can because run. Because some, some people want to it go doesn't make for it impossible. As, as they prove, it doesn't make it impossible at all. You have no... Only if you pay the fee to be allowed to run on that day can you run. Um, does it... Uh, that's an interesting sounding half marathon. Does it ever actually go up and down the hills? I don't know. I couldn't care less. It just drives me insane. Can you imagine year. if it went up the hill and then downhill? That would have been a hellish half marathon because Bath is very hilly. It is. I imagine it doesn't. I imagine it's very flat. Mm. Pedology is the study of what? Pedos. Correct. Mm-hmm. Who wrote the prime of Miss Jean Brodie? There's no funny answer for this. Do you know the real answer? No, I do know the real answer, which is why I'm now annoyed that uh, it's on the tip of my senile tongue. Uh-huh. tongue can't be seen. Let me let, let me let me think. Um, you remember? Did you did have you ever read the book or seen the film? No. You haven't. No. You know she has a very uh, Morningside accent. Um, I, I, oh God! Is it Maggie Smith who plays her? I really can't remember either. No, I don't know. I don't know anything about this. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is Magic Smith. Uh, Maggie Smith. Magic, Magic Smith. Smith. No, I'm afraid I, I, I genuinely can't remember. It was Muriel Spark. Muriel Spark. Of course, I'm an idiot. <laughs> how many yards are there in one chain? Depends how big the chain is. Apparently, this is an actual um, I know, imperial measurement. Um, let me guess. I would suggest about 20. 22. 20 Very would be good. far too round a number for imperial measurements. Isn't... Isn't uh, how big is a uh, isn't isn't a cricket uh, run measured in chain a chain or something I like wouldn't that? Have any idea? Yeah. Oh well, carry on. I'm bored of these questions now. I'm trying to find a good what? one. Find a bad one. Um, in Cockney rhyming slang, what is a Gregory Peck? <laughs> uh, in Cockney rhyming slang, a Gregory Peck is. A is a um, is the Lido deck on a ship? That's close. What? It's a check. Oh, what? As in C H E Q U E. Oh, that's interesting. Not really. It's fascinating. Which male bird is called a Tom or a Jake? Oh, um... Tom or Jake, I guess. 
No, the, uh, not not a robin, is it? No, it's a turkey, but you were close. Oh, Tom Turkey. Yes, I've, I've seen Tom Turkeys on menus in, in America, huh. usually. Isn't that interesting? I no, not really. Now. I oh, well, no, a... that, that, that booklet didn't offer as many chuckles as I was hoping. No, it's a rubbish Let's instead talk about the death of my grandparents-in-law. Oh, oh, I was right, Wikipedia. The chain also survives as the length of a cricket pitch, being the distance between the wickets. Oh, so very clever. That means I'm very British. It does, doesn't it? Uh, unlike you, I knew that the, the, the distance between two wickets was one chain, using a lovely British me- measurement on a lovely British sport. And you didn't know anything, so who's the foreigner now, hmm? Yeah, well, at least I know how to kidnap Support. people and other things that are happening in South Africa at the moment. Yes. Uh, well, how to shoot you. No, what you said is, at least I know how, I, at least I wouldn't be so stupid as to shoot my girlfriend to, through a closed bathroom door thinking she was a burglar. A burglarizer. Mm. So, SimCity, eh? <laughs> SimCity is inherently broken, let's not let this go, as I've just uh, posted on Rock Paper Shotgun. A lot of people... And certainly uh, EAPR somewhat successfully have been teething troubles. Don't worry, guys. It'll be sorted. And then it will be. And then people will forget about it in two weeks and it'll be fine. My problem with that is this is the only game I've really wanted to buy in the last decade. And I would have. Mm-hmm. But my my requirement would have been that when I'm on a train in a tunnel, I want to be able to play it on my laptop. And I can't. So I'm not buying it. So there you go. Exactly. This is exactly what the piece is about. It's about That's it. There's nothing more to be say, said about that. Yeah. I said, as I say in the piece, these aren't teething problems. These are continuous, deep-running flaws designed to cripple the game for you as a player, simply to serve some nebulous notion of protecting the game against piracy. Hmm. It, it, it is very strange that they allowed themselves to be manipulated into this invidious position. I suspect that if Maxis still had still been Maxis, they wouldn't. But it's EA's culture forcing them into that particular situation such that maybe they even think they believe it but it certainly is completely it's completely against what the whole notion of playing SimCity used to be uh, and that was it was it was quite a personal experience you know the fact that you were your own god of your own town and nobody else was interfering was what was quite nice the whole self-containedness of it there was a certain coziness to it, whereas now, I mean, that even okay to be given the option of, um, of of online play with multiple players and so on is all very well, but it misses a very important point about the original game. You know, it's like it's as if we have a Meccano set or a Lego set, and we're suddenly told that you're not allowed to play with it unless you're in the community center where everybody else can start stealing your pieces. It just it, it, it's invidious to the whole psychological coziness that should derive from a game, a god game like this, don't you think? Absolutely, but it, 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 even you don't even have to take it into that sort of more esoteric space. It's just the basic rights as a consumer. The game has no need to be online. It's a well, you have no rights game. as a consumer. They they can decide, and you can decide whether you want to buy it or not. I'm just saying it's stupid and goes against what the what would how these games should work. I mean, if they want to be stupid and say you have to stand on your head whenever you play this game, they can do that. No, but the, the issue the issue is larger than that. It's EA who are famous for turning servers off for games that are only two or three years old. When they release SimCity Two, as they may call it. Mm. They'll just switch this one off and your £45 won't work anymore. Well, that's fine. 
No, it's I not fine. It is fine. I mean, and that and that's the future of gaming, and that's what that's what people are prepared to buy. That's what they're prepared to buy. I'm not prepared to buy that, so I shan't be. Those who are greedy or short-sighted will be prepared to. It's their fault and their problem. Why is it anybody else's? It's well, I, I, I th- that's the argument I'm making. Is that don't buy this, don't buy into this, don't be okay with this, don't say you're okay with this, because that's what's most demoralising is the gamers who are arguing for EA. In the well, of course, but, but, but gamers aren't exactly um, great ethical philosophers, are they? They uh, inherently are there to fulfil their uh, immediate uh, urges. They are short-term uh, people with short attention spans. Uh, so why would you expect anything else unless you had a peculiar utopian notion of what a gamer is? Well, I just have the notion that gamers are people, like film viewers. Not really. Bus start, riders. Nah, always. not really. No, there is something specific about their hobby which uh, encourages all these things. It's, it, it is a very immediate and uh, distinctive uh, Fulfillment of, of of gratification. Unfortunately, and, and you're, so, you're again you're again displaying your lengthy and unpleasant ignorance about gaming. And no, that, but and I'm sorry, you just said so yourself. You said how depressing that all these gamers. There, I said that there are game. There are gamers who are because gamers are just a large mass of people who happen to have this hobby. If you, that argument is such such nonsense that you, you wouldn't level it to film viewers when the average film is two hours long. Well, I would I would level it to film viewers who view Michael Bay films. And exactly, also, and there you go. That's the argument. So gamers also, I who don't play believe... Call of Duty games is a fa- is a fair enough. Also, uh, I don't believe that um, film will have much of a future as a long run medium because of things like games. I believe that people will not have and do not have the patience to watch the sort of films they would have in the last generation. You'll see it. Uh, that's my prediction. I, I think. We're at the high watermark of film length at the moment, and I think we're going to be but dropping massively. The average mainstream big-selling game lasts eight to ten hours. The average film lasts two hours. So this is pretty stupid argument that you're making. You wait. You just wait. Um, whereas there are games that are extremely popular that last for hundreds of hours in single player, already thousands of hours. Yeah, but in you're making an argument here not about Call of Duty wank. You're making an argument about Sim City, and therefore this should be a rarefied set of interested and interesting players, and yet they're acting just as badly. That's because you have some weird idealistic notion about people who who play games of the sort that you like. They're played by idiots just as much as any other type. Well, I, I think that one can differentiate between SimCity and Gears of War, can't you? Yes, I think you can, but it doesn't mean that either is exclusive to idiots. Mm. I think that Gears of War is pretty exclusive to idiots. <laughs> no, it, it's not. Gears of, I've, not, I've not played the Gears of War games, um, but uh, they've fine if someone wants to enjoy trundling along that corridor. Exactly, grrr, that's fine. Sometimes it's fun to go grrr. If it were the sum total of all of your cultural experience, I think it would be troubling, but it isn't. So so your argument is that people should not encourage the studios by giving them lots of money for doing the sort of naughty thing that... Yes, exactly, And and also make it clear that they're not willing to put up with it. But they are willing to put up with it. I say in the piece, to see anyone defending EA and Maxis for the state of SimCity, even if it were in perfect working order on launch, depresses me to my core. This self-flagellationist skincare notion, where mm. gamers loudly and proudly defend the destruction of their own rights as consumers, is Orwellian perversity. I just think it's they're fulfilling their own initial and immediate uh, urges, that's all. Well, uh, yes, well, I, I can log in now, so everything's fine. 
exactly. And I've wanted to play this game for ages, and I love SimCity, and SimCity 2000 was my favourite game. These are re- actually quite reasonable arguments, unfortunately. And there are, weirdly, in the gaming world, arguments I can make. But, uh, but the, of course, if you actually saw how large a city you can make in SimCity, the new version, I think you would Im- that would be the reason you wouldn't buy it. Well, yes. I mean, I, I've, been, I've been reading reviews with regard to that part of it, and it does seem very odd. And apparently... Um, the reason that the cities had to be limited to such a small village size, effectively, is also part of the online experience. In order yeah. to allow their servers to cope, you can't just ramble on to your CPU's content. It's so the whole thing is massively compromised, even before the servers were falling over. It's so. It's just so infuriating. What could have been a great game? And as I say, I say in the piece, I feel sorry for for many of the developers at Maxis who would have just been who sat down spending their months and years making the very best game they possibly could. But, but as Judge Coxcomb pointed out, I mean, there is something very oddly self-destructive by EA here, and he says it's because the the game developers like EA are very, very scared that AAA titles, which is apparently what AAA titles, apparently what you call these things in oh, your yes. gra- uh, grandiose way, they're costing too much to make and aren't making enough profit for the costs that they're taking. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Lots of them are making fantastic profits. The average Call of Duty makes a billion dollars in profit within a few, about three in months. In profit? I wouldn't say in profit. Probably in income. Oh, sorry, in income. Yes, they, they spent... That's true. They, but that, a good half of that is likely to be profit. Yes. The game development costs are around $100 million. The advertising budget budgets are apparently around $50 million. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and obviously there's distribution to take into account. But yeah, it's it's... It's just, it is self-defeating. What's, it, the sad thing about this is it's so predictable. After Diablo 3's disastrous launch last year, and everyone's saying that it's obviously going to be a disastrous launch, and then SimCity in the face of this saying, well, look, we're going to do it too. Everyone's yeah. saying, don't do it because this will happen. And they go, no, 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 we've got everything in place so it doesn't. And then it gets to the point where Amazon stops selling it because they don't think it's fit for sale. Yeah. Also, I think there have been a number of different... Um PR own goals, the whole not giving refunds thing has oh, just been stupid say, and, and petty and it suggests to me that there is a dearth of intelligence at the top of these organisations uh, which you've noticed as a journalist yourself um, there's a strange disconnect between the develop- certain developers and artists who can be very good and at the top of their game mm-hmm. and then certain PR and management layers that just seem to it's not so much that they're stupid but they are rarefied and disconnected from the world that their companies are supposed to be serving. I think that's fairer than than stupid. I think it's important to not... uh, Well, in a way, that is stupid. No, I agree. Uh, It's a meta-stupidity. I agree, but I think it's not not okay to to, um, conflate PR into that. PRs are there to represent the crap they're being told to say by these people. Yeah, but I also don't think they're doing particularly well at that either. Oh, no, I'd say uh, the PRs for the companies that are doing the worst things are often the best. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with how some of them are coped with the crap they've been forced to say and how they've managed to kind of communicate it to us in a way that makes it clear that they don't think we're stupid enough to fall for it. Right. Um, that kind of stuff is very positive, but you know, it's it is it's a, it's very peculiar. I, I I don't. But the thing is, we don't have access to them. We don't ever get to talk to them or negotiate with them or ask them why they make these decisions. So I can't just say, "Oh, these people are stupid." Mm. They, they could be fantastically clever and just blinded by greed. I don't know what it can. I don't know how it can be that they get to this position. But I do wonder whether there's this kind of extraordinary sense of entitlement at that scale. Yeah. 
um, this idea that you know, if you went into a shop and bought a jumper and it un- unraveled on the on, when you got home, of course you'd get your money back. There wouldn't be a question about it. But mm. they act as if they're in this sort of detached, separate, special place where it's up to them whether you get your money back. Well, the peculiar thing was where they said you can contact us about a refund, by which they meant literally you can contact us <laughs> and we'll refuse it. I mean, that, that's just such a PR own goal, that oh, whole... Yeah thing um which just that that is stupid that bit that is stupid because you don't make that sort of announcement unless you have follow through very odd very odd i mean we talk about um these game companies that you say are highly profitable and they're literally producing nothing beyond bits and bytes and then you look at a company like did you hear about virgin atlantic's results they made a massive loss no Um, i didn't a couple of days ago, they made a really huge hundreds, hundreds of millions of pounds loss, and so on. And I'm just wondering. Apparently, they, they, you know the old thing is say, how do you how do you become a millionaire in in the airline industry? Start a billionaire, um, <laughs> and it does seem it does seem that it's almost impossible to run an airline at a profit for more than a few years. And I'm wondering what they're going to do about that. But I, I, I say this because, as you know, I flew to New York the other day and then flew back again, and. Uh, Flying there, I realized I made a mistake and that I went premium economy and they give you champagne, well, champagne, cheap sparkling wine before mm-hmm. you start. And I had several of those. And then I felt sort of quite ill and groggy for the rest of the flight. And I didn't <laughs> enjoy the flight. But then flying back, I, t- I took the morning flight, which leaves JFK at 7.40 in the morning. I've done the same flight. And then arrives back in the UK at 7.40. And... It was it was such a pleasant experience. You know how sometimes uh, for everything psychologically just seems to fall fall in place, and you just actually enjoy the experience <laughs> of being above the clouds and watching your movies and eating and just you know being able to relax. And other times you you're kind of counting every second left in the flight and just saying land already, Daniel. I don't care if you crash. That, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and um, I would recommend that day flight to people. You can who, only do it from New York, though. It's totally impossible yeah. from anywhere else. It, I've do done it, it though. I've done. Else. I've flown back in the day in New York, and oh, it is the solution to all problems in the world. It is. It would solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and the horse meat problem. Exactly. Mm. And the Catholic Church would be just fine. Have you been sad about your poor old Pope's um, <laughs> It's not my Pope. I'm not a Catholic. Your Pope's extinguishment. Yeah. I think it's it's an interesting tale, really. It's going to be fun to watch. Well, he's, he's saying, I'm keeping my white cloaks. I'm he's not going to... He doesn't get to wear his cape anymore, which is surely the best bit. Or his red shoes. Aww. But he gets to wear his white cloaks. It's <laughs> mutter in the background. Yeah, it's uh, apparently there's a big fight between the traditionalist um, Italians and everybody else, and I think we know who's going to win. I couldn't believe my ears when I found out that Scottish uh, Catholic priest, the one who's constantly and loudly and vociferously campaigned against homosexual marriage for so long. Oh yes, and said how <laughs> awful it is. It's like Nazism, and it's going to destroy the universe. Yes. Doesn't it just could not believe it when it turned out that he he likes a bit of the bit of the winky well apparently more than a bit apparently he's a bit of a winky maniac it's just but it doesn't if you think about it why would someone who likes winkies be against home i can't put my get my head around it I, it was certainly never happened before in the history of the subject it's so peculiar it was it, it was sort of comforting though to hear it wasn't it <laughs> 
if it was comforting. No, it, it is kind of comforting because what it does is that, okay, he isn't just being evil. He's a deeply damaged man and that's why he was doing these things. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Rather than, oh, well, he's, he's just a nasty bigot. No, he's not just a nasty bigot. He's a very confused, conflicted, problematic, damaged, yeah. poor old individual who's been screwed by an institution yet again. So and go. indeed screwed the institution itself. Mm, with his winky. This is true. Mm. What a beautiful story. Shall we finish with the lovely tales of my recent adventures? Yeah, your exciting, happy, ebullient adventures. <laughs> what happened, What happened, John? Oh, Nick, I can't wait to tell you. No, it's just been a bit of a crappy time. Uh, Laura's granddad was given a few days to live... No, a few hours to live uh, on mm. Thursday. Well, you should, you, should put this, you should put the story in con in context was it one of these things where he'd been hale and hearty and then suddenly oh he's going to die or, or had had he been no he'd uh, been diagnosed declining diagnosed with lung cancer but there was no real there was no no expectation this was going to happen um he had lung cancer what? but his wife his uh, the laura's nan was the one who was expecting to die she'd had a hip operation and it hadn't gone very well she hadn't recovered very well and was stuck in hospital i and have a question about that hospital i have a question about that um you know, you often hear, old person has a fall, old person has a hip-hop, and then they die in hospitals because it doesn't go very well. What's the mechanism of fracture, stroke operation, arrow, death? What, what is it? Um, you know, it's not like they it's, suddenly get quick cancer, they don't suddenly get AIDS. Is it that they get pneumonia? Is it that they get an infection? What, what is it? I, well, I think the infections is often the cause, but not in this, not in this particular case. She, uh, I think she's, she's 86, and so her, you know, and as a healthy human being, you have uh, one in a thousand chance of not coming around from a general anaesthetic. Mm. Um, when you're 86 and you're very, very ill already... Mm-hmm. That chance is a lot, lot worse. And it but she did come round. She came round, but it seems that she never really recovered. I think, I don't think necessarily it's directly related. I think it's that she's very, very old and near to death. Um, mm. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it was so. Anyway, I don't really want to talk too much about this because it's kind of she's still alive at the moment, and it's a very sad story in this Laura's yeah. kind of family's life. But well, sadly, wanna... it'll happen to us all. So it's not like indeed, we're indeed. About but I want to share one. Just Although to... I, no, actually, it won't happen to us all. No, most of us won't be lucky enough to be at eighty-six when it happens. That's true. No, we will be cyborgs, as we agreed. Oh, yeah, we'll be cyborgs. We won't have to put up with this nonsense. But yes, anyway, carry on. So I want to share the one bit, which is possibly the absolute worst bit in terms of... Oh, well, her grandfather was visiting her in hospital, you said, when I interrupted you. No, no, that's right. I was saying that's the way round it was, and then suddenly mm. he was in hospital. Mm. Um, and so... actually, that that is... Uh, sorry to interrupt again, but that is, that is a kind of horrible little twist where, in your mind, you've got the supporter... In that particular scenario, he's the one who's supporting her. He's the one who's who 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 is out of the picture temporarily in that regard. And then suddenly it flips, and he's then he yes. then is ill or dies, which is is horrible. Anyway, carry on. I'm I'm just reeling from sorry to interrupt you. Mm. Anyway, um, so we get the call at lunchtime on Thursday saying that he's very sick, and I say to Laura, "Look, let's get up to the gay up there now. Drive up there now. Um, go see him." Which is why we didn't record rum doings last week. All you people who complained, now you feel guilty. Yeah, it is actually true. Exactly, we were going to record. So um, I pack, Laura asked me to pack a bag of her stuff, gives me a bunch of stuff to take with me. So I put this bag together for her, and I put a bag together for me. So can you pronounce it properly, please? Bag as bag. 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 Yes. Um, So we're driving, driving up. So I drive to Bristol to pick her up, and on the way to the M5. Uh, get to Bristol to the pull over in the bus stop outside the hospital where she works, and where um, Laura works. Sorry, where Laura works where does Laura evil works. science with pigs. Okay, 
Science with Humans. Oh, yeah. it's progressed very evil. Mm. Um, and uh, look in the back of the car, move, move some stuff from the passenger seat to the back of the car so she can get in, and then notice that I didn't pick up the bag I packed for her. You're an idiot. I am an idiot. Mm. So now we have to turn around and drive all the way back to Bath. No, you don't. Get, we do, because it's got stuff Laura has to have with her in the bag. Mm. Um, medications and stuff for the baby making. Oh, uh, yeah. Can't just interrupt the course. Um, so we drive back to Bath to get the bag and then drive up to Kidderminster and he died half an hour before we got there. Right, so if you hadn't forgotten the bag, she could have said goodbye. It's all your fault. You'll yep. never, ever live, live this down. That's basically the case. Which is true. There's nothing that can be said about that. There's yeah. no way to fix that. There is no way to fix that, and basically she'll be able to hold that over your head every time when you say, <laughs> "Oh, Laura, you forgot to well, you 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 prohibited me from saying goodbye to my grandfather," and you'll never be able to answer that. I know. It's not. It's just. Oh my goodness! That's just the worst thing ever. Was well, she very in cross reality, with you at the reality, time? In reality, when, he was in a coma, wow. um, and we would have got there in time to watch a man die in a bed. Mm. And part of me is kind of glad I forgot the bag. Yes. Well, yeah, I don't think there's any edification in watching that, is there? No. Instead, we kind of got into the... We got to the hospital, uh, said we were relatives of this guy. Nurses showed us. No one mentioned anything. Fortunately, nice. Laura's cousin caught her before she went, before we went in through the curtains. Oh, right. And said, um, have you heard? And then we just went in and there was he, there he was dead on the bed. Oh, you saw the dead body? Yeah. and it was Had you seen of, one before? Uh, I've seen cadavers at universities before, but never... Very different. You know, when they're mm. bright yellow and covered in sheets, it's slightly mm. different. Yes. Um, so, no, this is the first time seeing that. And it was just a very haunting image. It was very peculiar. Mm. Did, um... I'm trying to think. Did, had he been at your wedding? Yes. Yeah, so I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't have noticed. That's what I suppose they were in the front. They were in the front row on the left. Uh, she was in. Well, from the, from the left, from my perspective of the wedding, I suppose she um, she was in a wheelchair, which made her kind of stand out. I think she was right. the only person in a wheelchair at the wedding. Yes. All right. Um, and the two of them buggered off after the ceremony to go to the pub and missed a whole bunch uh, of stuff. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. That's good. <laughs> they were both until quite recently they were. <laughs> They would have been 83 and 85. Good. Well, uh, I'm glad to hear that then. Um, yeah, we certainly <laughs> won't have that privilege. <laughs> so, you, so you could say, oh, so at that point, subconsciously you're thinking, right, so you missed important parts of my wedding. I'm going to miss your death. <laughs> That's clearly what it Quid was. Quid pro quo, granddad. That's clearly what it was. So, yes, oh, a horrible, generally a horrible thing, and mostly for Laura's poor mum losing both parents in the space of a week. Is... She hasn't lost her yet, don't no, because if she's dead. Well, she's in, she's in palliative care now, so it's kind of kind of just a matter of time. You still don't speak like that. Um, it's interesting that um, you mentioned, oh, no, then there was all the kerfuffle afterwards, and you have to arrange all the things, and the, 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 the telegrams and anger moment, that comes from Howard's, Howard's and Ian Foster, and that they're, they're whole one of the kind of nouveau riche families and that the whole world works with this kind of every time something happens there's a death or whatever there's the reaction is telegrams and anger and this whole bustling uh, bureaucratic kerfuffle to stop you from actually having to think about the metaphysical notions of what's <laughs> just gone on and i think often our death rituals are part of that you know the whole um hideously legalistic nonsense that you have to hop through can yes. in a perverted way be quite helpful and that it, at least it gives you some annoyed structure to work with i remember when uh, we had to go to the register office to um register victoria's mother's death and as we walked up 
to the rental office and said, oh, you're here for a wedding, for, for a marriage? And, no. Um, and then we went in and the, the lady who was writing out the death certificates by hand was so unhelpful. And then she said, you have to pay via cash. You, you can't take a card. And <laughs> I, I won't give you these until you pay via cash. I said, well, you don't have any cash on me. Uh, I said, well, then I'm not giving you the certificate. So what, what, what can we do? So I had to run out of the register office and then run a mile down the road to a cash machine to draw the cash together. <sighs> you know, it's that kind of thing. And you think, these bureaucrats doesn't matter how many times they've seen it they won't fix that sort of thing and maybe in a way it's 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 for the best because you know we got to focus on being annoyed about that for a while (laughs) i suppose so Mm. you get to laura and i kind of come to some conclusions about things we do and don't want to do as a result and like um do uh, the situation with the grandmother is is very very sad and she's you know they they, at one point they gave her 24 hours to live and she's exceeded that (laughs) well Um, done but everyone was talking to her, not acknowledging this. And I was thinking, no, I would want to be told. Oh, no, I don't think I would. I would, I would and I would want people to say goodbye to me properly, rather than just kind of going, everything's fine, la, 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 la. No, I'd want to be deluded. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. The other, the other real tragedy of it is that, of course, they were married for 64 years and they didn't get to say goodbye to each other. Which is... Yes, yeah, that's, that's a shame. I, I mean, there would have been... If you had known at the point of his death that she was probably going to die quite soon would it necessarily have been best to let her know that he had died yeah I think so really she, I don't she, know she, well, she, what utilitarian benefit does that give her well, it's to just think not that li- her husband is dead it's not lying point? to someone I don't know she spoke to him on the phone. Matter? She spoke to him on the phone shortly before he died. Although he was unco- he was asleep, semi coma. Don't know what mm. state he was actually in. Hearing's the last sense to go, etc., etc. Mm. Um, so there's that. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe maybe he should shouldn't have. Maybe should have just not mentioned it and just sort of said he's 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 sleeping a lot and he's you know, or even in a coma or something. I don't know. No, would I want to, do to with know. Me. I don't know. I would. Would want I to want talk. to know if I had to, if I? I mean, look, I mean, obviously, if you had weeks to live, yeah, you would. But twenty four hours is it really make your last hours more sorrowful? Is it doing any good? I don't know. Although it's a know, difficult question to answer. Yeah, very much so. Mm. I suppose it depends on the individual as well. It's like whether you've made a contract, an implicit contract, them with them through life that you'll never delude them like that whereas yeah. i think i've made the implicit contract that i'm quite happy to be deluded okay i've done the mm. i've done the, the opposite mm. i think it's it's interesting that i i find it kind of this whole, whole idea that someone can kind of you know when their partner dies the next one the other goes quite soon after mm. and i wonder about the the reality the science of this but actually there did seem to be a genuine sense of of her having just kind of decided okay i'm done now and i'm not going to oh, i think to there is anymore. i think there i think it's quite well documented effectively um your body has a number of different mechanisms that it can keep in place to keep you alive, autophagy, the release of things like the stress hormone uh, and so on. And at some stage, I think that you can become so depressed and just end it to the degree that not necessarily that you decide to die, but that all those processes that are trying very hard to keep you alive stop trying to keep you alive. If you see what I mean, it's more like all those processes just... Don't are no no. It's no longer favourable for your body to continue to do them, so it doesn't. And then anything can easily get you, whether it's well, you know. So you might have been able to battle a small bout of pneumonia or a very bad uh, set of flu or something a few weeks before. At that point, it's just going to get you, and your immune system yeah. just won't bother. I think it's probably like that. It's interesting. Yeah. So it's all very oh, well, sad. Happy and not times. Really kind of very not, good. Not, not really light-hearted, fun rum doings topics, I admit. But no, it's been the events again, of the last know, few days. 
then again, you know, I mean, that's that's why people drink things like rum to um, <laughs> sometimes to to deaden the pain. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. That was beautiful. We should probably meet up at some stage. I don't even know whether That'd you're still nice. hideously fat or not. Are you? I'm delightful. Are you hideously fat? The last so. time I... The, between the last two weighings of myself, I'd lost four pounds. You'd be very proud of me. Although I imagine you, with the stress of the last few weeks, you'd probably put it back on again. No, I've got, it really hasn't been much stress for the last few weeks. What are you talking about? Well, you know, you've had the other stress of, of, of all your games and so on. <laughs> I haven't had any stress. You did. You had some. You were whining that you had some big game that you had to play, and this was the worse than the Siberian salt mines. You were telling me about that and why you couldn't record anything. You remember? No, I told you that... You had some big thing to write and play, and they yes. hadn't given you the thing, and this... Blah, 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 it wasn't... I was just saying it meant I've been working 12-hour days to get it done. That's all I was saying, so I haven't been... I've been very busy, as I was explaining to you. I wasn't saying it was an ordeal or any pain for me. You were, though, weren't you? No, not really. It was Tomb Raider. It was fine to play. It was an okay game. It let itself down by making stupid mistakes. Mm. Was it very sexist? No, not at all. No? I mean, you could... You could take readings of it either way if you wanted to but it was quite clear that there was no intention did you watch that uh video game lady critics uh, i haven't seen it yet no because of course that's been, damsels in distress over the time i was away dealing yeah. with all family things so i haven't got around to watching that yet mm. i've heard it's, it's good it's interesting to think that if you hadn't met laura mm-hmm. all these problems that you've had in the last week wouldn't have been yours no, no, isn't it strange? Mm, they've just they been still... somebody you'd never heard of. It wouldn't have been part of your emotional baggage or even your knowledge. Nothing. It's like you've plugged into this. Interesting... Well, that's what's so peculiar about the whole experience, feels because um, it's a big family. Um, the, the the couple who are dying and died have uh, five kids mm. who are all married and have their own kids or don't or whatever. And it's all very, you know, so there's a lot of people involved. And mm. there was me on the outside of this kind of observing. I the grief um and it was a very strange experience i mean I, what i could do was look after laura's parents if i could in any way i could so i like kind of helping out in ways that yeah. i could be useful or just keeping out of the way if that were more useful um yes. so i could kind of say you know like, I, obviously i have a good relationship with laura i say obviously i'm, I'm very fortunate to have a good relationship with laura's parents who are both really lovely people yeah um you so, saved that one from an early disastrous beginning good good I don't. I don't know what negative thing I was going to say, but I'm. Mm. Oh, no, I just meant. I, I just meant. Ob- it's not obvious. Lots of people have terrible relationships with their in-laws. Yeah. I don't. I'm really fortunate. Yeah. Um, well, wait till you have. Wait till you have a baby or not. Then you'll know whether you've got a good relationship with your in-laws. <laughs> okay, we'll see. Apparently, that. I mean, Victoria is actually doing a a kind of uh, as part of her course. She's doing a kind of a discussion and study of this about how people's you know relationships with their in-laws are influenced by when they have a child and how they interfere or don't interfere oh, that that's interesting. So, so you know when you have your baby okay. I'll, I'll quote you again <laughs> <laughs> well they seem great so i was kind of able to just do practical things in some sense most mm. of the time i was just keeping myself out of the way but um yeah it was very strange but it wasn't it wasn't sad for me it was i was feeling sad for them Yes, and that was very odd because when you say I kind of bought, but kind of married my way into this situation, it's only only halfway in. It, it, it was very odd. I mean, these were an old couple in their mid eighties who I'd met yeah. a couple of times before. Uh, you know, it was it's, it was yeah, it's a very odd experience going through yeah. someone else's grief. I guess. Well, they were they both of them were quite lucky that they had each other for those. Oh yeah, absolutely. Usually, you know, the uh, my. My grandmother's husband died when she, I think when she was in her 40s or something. Oh, dear. Um, so, you know, she's had more than half her life without him as, as, a, mm-hmm. as, a, as a widow. So, you know, in a sense, they, 
they luxuriated in something that a lot of people don't get. Oh, absolutely. I don't. And I, this is, I mean, you can't, you, I can't say this in the context of, of Laura's family, but it's mm. kind of as an outside observer again, it's like, well, actually, that seems good. I mean, they, they mm. had 64 years of marriage. They mm. uh, were in their mid 80s. Their bodies don't work properly anymore. And, and now they're done. It kind of seems like life done properly, really. Yeah, well, well let's put it this way um, you can't really expect much better. No. You know, however sad and annoying it is, sorry, but that's about an A, probably at least an A minus. The only thing that could have been better is they've both been paragliding and (laughs) have been fine, you know, uh, so they don't get the A plus. But, you know, it's about as good as you get, really, especially especially assuming that they both had sufficient presence of mind to still know who each other were. Mm -hmm. And they did. Well, that's that's important. Yes. So, but. Because my to... my, uh, my 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 uh, sister-in-law's grandmother lived to I think 101, mm-hmm. but for the last 10 years or so of her life, she didn't know who anybody was. So uh, that's a very different sort of yeah, circumstance. Yeah, I don't want those 10 years. No. So yeah, it's it's when it's when it comes to my parents in you know 400 million years time, hmm. um, I won't have any of this perspective at all it'll be no. the worst thing in the world that they're dying and it won't be no matter how old they are and how great their life has been and how long they've yes. been together it won't mean anything it will be no, just awful not. that they're dying so i completely yeah. understand that i'm saying this as an as an observer in a very um rational way rather than yeah emotional but, yeah. of course anyway we need to stop because it's we've been going for an hour as far as Laura very upset is. sorry how, what is the hue of Laura's upsetness? I don't really think this is re- really good, like good topic for um, doings. Like, do, do people really want no, to know how upset no. my wife is? Well, that's a bit peculiar. You, well, it's her private it? business. You can she come and have talk any, about it. She doesn't have any private business. She's part of the of the Rundoings <laughs> franchise. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Has she not read that clause in your marriage contract? <laughs> I did write it very tiny. You did. All right. Well, I'm sure everybody wishes her very well, and. Um, they, they're not going to write a nasty letter saying how happy they are. <laughs> well, if they did, they'd be a very peculiar person. They would. Quite interesting. <laughs> I get emails like that all the time. But unfortunately... well, they, yeah, but they tend to wish that you would die, don't yes, they? Yes, that's right. The more directly... Or just quit. Someone, the most recent one, wanted me to quit and work for Burger King. It's a bit rude about Burger King. I didn't like a game that he likes. Oh, well, fair enough. Can you imagine? I, I, I wish that you'd quit and go to Burger King and die. Yes, I know. Die at Burger King. That's what I deserve. <laughs> It is all you deserve for not liking a game. <laughs> Heaven high. Heaven high, Nicholas. Five, four, Bye-bye. three, two, one, stop. Bye. <laughs>